Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... nightmare of all time is to be accused of a crime I didn't commit. One keeps reading accounts of lookalikes falsely identified, of men serving time for offenses they had no part in, some too poor to protest legally, some spending a lifetime behind prison walls, and some even dying there, unrecognized, unforgiven, unable to clear their names. Our story comes perilously close to such tragedy. Too close, in fact, for comfort. Time's up. You raise the bail money for your husband, Mrs. Fowler? Officer, we just don't have it. And there's no one we can get it from. Is there any way of letting Jean come home for the night? He, he's never been in jail before. No, there isn't. You want my advice, Mrs. Fowler? You go home and get yourself the best lawyer you can find. Because your husband's in plenty of trouble. Armed robbery is no picnic. But Jean didn't do it. That's what they all say. Our mystery drama, Guilty as Charged, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis. It stars Michael Tolan. I shall return shortly with Act One. rises on a bucolic scene. A fall day, red and golden leaves cascade upon dirt roads and parkways. Along one of these strips of concrete, Jean Fowler, hardware salesman, comes barreling along at 60 miles an hour. It's been a long trip this time, and he's almost home. Suddenly, he hears a sound that makes him look up into his rearview mirror. Oh, gone it. Uh, hi, I guess I was uh, speeding, huh? Take a look at the scope. 62 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. This parkway is 35 miles an hour? That's what the sign says. Well, my Lord, it must be the only parkway in the USA under 35. I, I, I come along here all the time. When did they change it? It's been 35 miles an hour for the last 10 years. Driver's license and registration, please. Jane, it was a disaster. Even this morning, I can't get over it. $90 fine plus 10 for some darn surcharge. A hundred bucks. Do you remember when we were first married, Jean, and, and I'd go on the road with you? You remember how you used to kid me because I wouldn't let you speed? Well, now you know. Oh, heck, I thought I could take it easy this morning. I'll answer it, dear. Uh, hello? Yes, this is she. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's right here. You want to talk to him? Okay, I'll tell him. 
Listen, officer, don't you think $100 for a speeding ticket is the limit? Who is it, Jane? Well, I do. I, I think it's exorbitant. Jane, who's on the phone? It's the police. Um, yes. Yes, of course he will. Well, I still think it's outlandish. All right, officer, I'll tell him. The police. They want you to stop by the station house. I'll be darned. They get your license, your, your registration, proof of insurance, and still that's not enough? Well, at least it's not the other end of town. Well, I'm not looking forward to seeing those clowns again. W when do they want to see me? Well, this morning, the officer said. Ah, well, I might as well do it now and get it over with. Some way to celebrate the first day I get home. Yeah. Uh, officer, my name is Gene Fowler. Uh, someone called me at home and asked me to come over to the police station. I is it about the speeding ticket? Uh, Jack, I think this is the man you're looking for. Somebody wants to see me? Don't turn around. Just stand facing the desk and put your arms behind your back. Hey. Hold your wrists closer together. Thank you. Stay right there and don't move. Hey, why are you putting handcuffs on me? What are you doing? Making sure you're not carrying a gun. Is he clean? Yeah. Write it down on the sheet. You can turn around now, Mr. Fowler. Will somebody please tell me what this is all about? What did I do? Mr. Fowler, you're under arrest for armed robbery. What? W what are the charges against me? What did I do this armed robbery? You held up a hardware store in Plattsville on September the 8th. Robbed a young woman cashier at gunpoint $150. That's not possible. I, I wasn't anywhere near Plattsville on September the 8th. I was on the road selling. And what do you sell, sir? Hardware. Look, how come I'm accused of this holdup? Your photograph was submitted to the young woman who was robbed. What photograph? I've never been photographed by the police in my life. Copies of all motorist photos registered in the state are on file. We assembled 15 of them according to age, build, and height. Yours was picked out by the young woman who was robbed. She identified me by my picture? There'll be a lineup for corroboration. She was sure? Definite, quite definite in her identification. All right, Miss Farley, come along with me. Take you to be fingerprinted. Hey, wait a minute. Can I make one phone call? I have to call my wife. After you've been fingerprinted and booked. I can't understand it, Gene. On robbery, how can they say that? You, you've never even owned a gun. I wouldn't know how to fire it if I had one. Well, it's just incredible. I, I don't understand any of it. Do you think I do? Well, how can they say armed robbery? You, you were out of town selling. It, it isn't true, is it? Look, a cashier identified me from a photograph. Listen, Jane, the main thing is... I've got to raise bail. I know that, darling. I I've called every bail bondsman in the phone book, but no one answers. No nobody picks up the phone. Well, it's, it's after six, that's why. They're all closed for the day. Do you think maybe if I talk to the officer in charge of the, the Look, one called Jack and explain that... May maybe you could call Mom and Dad. Uh -huh. I mean, they'd only be lending us the money. It's just in case I try to skip town. I, I thought of that, but, but they're not here. They, they went to visit Phyllis. They they're on a train somewhere out west of the Rockies. Well, that's it, then. I'm not going to get out of here. The time is up. You raise the bail, Mrs. Fowler? Officer, we, we just don't have it, and there's no one we can get it from. Is there any way of letting Gene come home for the night? I mean, he's never been in jail before. I'm afraid not. You want my advice, Mrs. Fowler? You go home and get yourself the best lawyer you can find. Because your husband's in plenty of trouble. But he's done nothing. He's innocent. That's what they all say. 
Uh, your time's up. You'll have to leave now. You have no proof of anything yet. I don't make the rules, ma'am. No bail means jail. Janie's right. So I'll spend the night here. It won't kill me. Look, what about Sam Strauss, who wrote up both our wills? He's a good lawyer, and he knows your folks. We liked him. See if you can reach him. Tell him everything. Tell him I'm in jail for somebody else. Wait, wait, hold it, Sam, before we go in. You, you gotta be kidding. Is this what you got me out of bail for, to bring me here? Look, when you said you saw a way to build a case for me, I didn't know you meant for me to take a lie detector test. I'm not a liar. Gene, nobody said that. So why do we need a test to prove I'm telling the truth? I mean, why? Gene, now wait one minute. You need all the ammunition you can get. Now, Dave Clark is a polygraph expert. I've asked we could come and see him, and he agreed. And this is the place where he works? Look, David's an old friend. He gets calls from all over the world for his services. Polygraph machines, tape recorders, everything he uses. Now, this isn't some fly-by-night pie-in-the-sky business. This is real, and it works. Now, do I ring the bell? All right. It'll do a lot to establish your credibility. Doesn't the fact that a man is innocent mean anything anymore? It's up to us to prove it. Oh, I see. Guilty as charged until I prove myself innocent. Not the other way around. Oh, Sam! Oh, is this Mr. Fowler? Come in, please. Hello, David. Uh, you look fine. Have you been busy? <laughs> the rights of the innocent never stop. A walk right through to the examining room. Uh, is, is that the gizmo? The lie detector? That's all there is to it. David, I'd appreciate it if you'd clue Gene in as to how the polygraph works. Ah, certainly. This control box is portable. The knobs are controls and there are four pens. See there? Uh-huh. They record on the moving graph paper as the subject responds to the questions. Two of the pens monitor respiration, the third pulse reaction, and the fourth what we call galvanic skin responses. You see, Gene, the temperature of a person's skin changes if they're under emotional stress. Look, if I decide to take a chance with this thing, can we do it right now? Well, not really, uh... You see, I need time. First of all, I'll need to know directly from you what are the facts of the case as you see them. I need that to prepare my questions. Then I interview you in that chair. If you permit, we tape record it. You're in the best of hands with Dave, believe me. It's all standard procedure. I don't know. I'm, I'm of two minds about this. There's a lot I don't like. I, I don't like where you sit. You're in back of me asking questions. I don't like the wires. Well, the wires with the rings are placed over your fingers to measure responses. Yeah. Well, let me think it over. Gene, it doesn't do any good unless you're completely convinced that this procedure can help clear you. How many questions? I mean, I can't sit here for hours. Well, there'll be five key questions, that's all. And, and how accurate is this, this uh, polygraph? Well, it could be anywhere from 75 to 90% right. It depends. David, I hope I haven't wasted your time. You and I know that this is one of the few aces we have in our hand. But it's up to Gene to decide if he wants to play this hand. Mom, Dad? Yes, dear. Dad's on the extension. Well, thanks to you both for getting up that bail bond. I'm home with Jane. It's been a crazy ten days. We believe in you, son. You know, I spent three nights in a terrible jail. We have this lawyer who got me out on a promise to the court. But it was you who put up the 10% cash down payment for the bond. 
We, we can't tell you how much it's meant to Jane and me. Well, if you need more, Jean, you just call us. Thanks, Mom. Listen, I, I had a polygraph test, too. What's that? A lie detector. I did okay. Our lawyer set it up. I was nervous, but, but Jane wasn't at all. How is Jane, dear? How's she taking it? Fantastic. She's, she's been fantastic. I mean, it's been like Hitler's Germany. You don't have any say in anything. I was identified as an armed robber, and that was it. Jean, Sam is here. He wants to talk to you. Oh, Mom, Dad, our lawyer's here, so I'm going to have to ring off. I'll call you again. Mom, I love you. I'll be talking to you. We love you, too, Jean. Take care. Bye. Jane, did he say what he wanted? It's awfully late. Oh, Jane, I'm sorry about the hour, but I wanted you to know right away. David has been looking over the graphs again, and he's not as positive as he was when we left him. What does that mean? Well, he should take at least two more tests that on the basis of what he has, if he were asked for his testimony tomorrow, he'd have to say that it was inconclusive. You mean he's not sure I was telling the truth? That's what it means. So I think the best thing is to hold down there tomorrow and try again. The heck with it. Gee. Look, I say no. I'm not going to. It's asking too much of an innocent man to make him go on proving himself. Nothing doing. The polygraph operates on the principle that conscious deception triggers the sympathetic nervous system. As a result, there's a higher pulse rate, increased blood pressure and breathing, and skin resistance. However, there is still a wide latitude between the technical and the technique. Crucial is how well the examiner handles his subject. I shall return shortly with Act Two. accused of armed robbery, has taken a polygraph test to prove he is not lying. However, the first examination was inconclusive. His attorney, Sam Strauss, tries to make Gene understand he needs valid scientific evidence to counter eyewitness identification, and the only hope he has so far is to get a clean bill of health from a lie detector. Jane, will you talk to your husband? Try to make him understand. I understand enough. That's it. I've had it. When he's stubborn like this, there's very little I can do or say. Let's go to trial. I don't see how it could go against me. The eyewitness is lying. I'll be cleared, you'll see. I've handled a lot of cases in my time, and I can tell you that I have seen innocent men who today are serving time just because they appear to be the criminal. Now, be sensible. The polygraph results won't be accepted 100%, but it'll help a lot. Gene, I tell you, it's very important. What, what did Clark mean, inconclusive? 50-50? Probably. Well, then why won't the court take that into consideration? They don't have a 100% case against me if 50% says I wasn't there. Isn't that beyond reasonable doubt? No. Not so long as there is an eyewitness. Eyewitness my foot. Dean, please. Now, the cashier at the hardware store swore up and down it was you who robbed her. And unless we have a 100% refutation from the polygraph, her word is enough to convict you. 
Sam, what happened to that client of yours who was going to come back for another test? Now, you'd think a man accused of armed robbery would do everything he could to clear himself. I got a postponement till the middle of October to try to round up witnesses to swear to where he was on that September the 8th, but so far, no luck. Nobody saw him. Well, where does he say he was? Four miles away from Plattsville, the scene of the holdup. Only four miles? Well, that's not very much. And he can't even prove that. I've got to find a witness. Now, my client sells hardware. He takes samples from the distributor to the stores. Now, it, it was at night. Did he stop at a diner? If he did, who saw him? Who remembers him? And even if I located someone, how reliable is a witness anyway? Well, I agree. And if I get the accusing eyewitness on the stand, it will be practically impossible to break her down. When they are the victim, they don't budge. Well, all I can advise is keep working on Fowler. Dave, when you were testing him, you thought he was innocent. Well, intuitively I did, but I was only guessing. The polygraph doesn't guess. It knows. It's easy for an attorney when you have both the law and your client to convince. In this case, I knew another test was essential. But how to get this across to Gene Fowler, that I didn't know. Then one night at his house, trouble struck with a capital T. Jane? Jane, was that the front door? There's a state trooper here. Oh, now what? A, a state trooper, you know, the ones with the big hats. Well, what did he say? Well, he just said, is your husband Mr. Gene Fowler? And I said, yes. Is he at home? And I said, yes. And he said, may I talk to him, please? Oh, okay. I might as well see what he wants. I'll go talk to him. Mr. Fowler, I'm State Trooper Carson. May uh, I come in? I guess so. I have an inquiry here and a description of a certain party. We'd like to verify whether the description fits you, sir. Fits me? Well, why me? Well, as I look at you now, sir, I would say it certainly is possible. Uh, how tall are you, sir? Five foot nine. Jean? You always wear your hair like that in a crew cut? Yeah, sure. Uh, Jean, can I see you for a minute? Oh, excuse me, my wife. Oh, Jean, Jean, do you think you ought to be answering those questions without Sam being here? He's only asking me how I look. He can see that. It's okay. Maybe this will help. Come, come with me. Look, there's no reason why Mrs. Fowler can't stand here with me. Well, I don't see why not. My wife was just wondering if I should answer your questions without our attorney present. We've had so much trouble lately. Well, I can understand, Mr. Fowler. Uh, would you mind very much undoing your tie and opening your collar? Yes, I would. What for? Well, just to verify the information they've given me. I certainly can't force you to... On the other hand, if you've nothing to hide, why not? Well, I don't... I don't mind opening my collar. How's that? That open far enough? Mm-hmm. I notice you have a mole. Would you say that's about three inches below your chin? I've had that mole all my life. I've never measured it. I'd say about three inches. Yeah. Oh, that's all, Mr. Fowler. I uh, appreciate the time you've given uh, me. Trooper Carson. Yes, ma'am? Can you tell us what all this is about? Well, I guess there's no harm in letting you in on it. They'll be notifying you in due time. Who will? Your local police. 
There was a robbery and a kidnapping up our way, and a young woman was robbed and forced to accompany the perpetrator at the point of a gun. But my husband's got nothing to do with that. I wouldn't try to leave town if I were you. The description of the gunman fits Mr. Fowler very closely. Right down to the mole on his neck. Sam, it gets worse and worse. What can we do? It's as if every crime is traced to our door. Jane, let me explain. Jane's right. What is this? Does every hold-up man look like me? Don't I have some rights? I was going to say that I'll get in touch with the state police. Now, you haven't been formally charged with anything yet, have you? He didn't tell us a thing. Not where it happened or when. Just, uh, up our way. All right, all right. Don't excite yourself. I think maybe you're beginning to realize why another polygraph test could help you. If I didn't, would we be driving to David Clark's house right now? Gene, it's the big white house right here. Right here. Gene! I'm sorry I hit the brakes like that. I guess I'm nervous. Now, there's nothing to be nervous about. Sam, should, should I wait in the car? I, I don't want to be in the way. You won't be. You won't even be allowed in the room with me. Nobody is. I don't like that either. Uh, Jane, there are some magazines that you can read, and you and I will set up. I brought my knitting. I'll get through fast now that I know the routine. The actual test is only a couple of questions. Is that so? Yes, five key questions are the limit. Only five? That's the way it is. David told me they do it all that way, all the examiners. Are you ready, Jean? Yeah. Jane, if I never really believed in the value of the total truth, I sure do now. Let's go. Gene, I think you were distracted last time. You know, the ideal place to conduct a polygraph test would be a soundproof room without windows. Nothing on the walls, very little furniture, no pattern on the carpet. Yeah, bare and scary. Oh, I disagree. If it's bare, there's nothing to be frightened of. <laughs> okay, now. Back to September when you got picked up for speeding. Then the next morning when you went to the police station and were accused of armed robbery. Well, what about the 8th of September? Don't you want me to go over that again? I mean, that's the time you want to know if I'm telling the truth about where I was or not. We'll get to that, Gene. <laughs> Did Sam tell you a state trooper stopped by the house? I'm being accused of another armed robbery. And again, I was identified by my picture. And get this. The hold-up man had a mole on his neck like mine. Boy, this, this bad dream gets worse and worse. Well, I just try to calm yourself, Gene. Just stare at that blank wall and think. David, do you believe I'm innocent? Well, how can I say anything one way or the other? This is a scientific study. I can't say that I hope, yes, that the only responses you'll give are the truth. I tried to do that last time. I'm sure you did. But the variables between your breathing, heart, blood pressure, and skin tension just didn't match up. And, well, I too have to be truthful. You're right. I, I, I'm calming down. It's only I'm so anxious to convince everyone I'm not a hold-up man. David, give me a break. Tell me that you do believe me. Okay, I do. But it's the machine you have to convince. The polygraph can prove it. Yes? Oh, Hello, officer. Is Mr. Fowler at home? Is Mr. Fowler home? Is my husband home? 
Where do you think he'd be at 7 o'clock in the morning? Out somewhere holding up a store? Now, Miss Fowler, I only ask... He may be upstairs getting dressed. Is that enough information for you two policemen? Would you mind calling him downstairs? We'd like to talk to him. Yes, I would mind. I would mind very much. By what right do you police come barging in here at this hour of the morning? What's all the racket down there? Would you come to the door, Gene? The secret police are here. Hi, Officer Jack. Eugene Fowler. You know me. Officer Dreyfus and I are taking you into custody. We have a warrant for your arrest. You come with us, please. Okay. What is it this time? Armed robbery, kidnapping of a young woman from a drugstore. Young woman was taken across the state line. Is that the charge the state trooper came to see me about? I don't know about that, Mr. Fowler. never heard of such a thing. Accusations right and left. You think Gene was the only hold-up man in the United States. Ma'am, he fits the description. Says here he has an identifying mark on his throat. A thousand people have probably got moles on their throats, maybe a million. Let's go, Fowler. You're not taking Gene outside this cold weather in his pajamas. Yes, we are, ma'am. We have a car outside. You just try to, to do that. Go on. I dare you. Gene, Gene, you go upstairs this minute and put your clothes on. Now, ma'am. No, don't you ma'am me. Gene, go upstairs. Get it. Afraid one of us will have to go upstairs with your husband. I have never heard of such a thing. You're acting as if Gene were a, a hardened criminal who'd run away or something. It, it's too much. I'm sorry, Mrs. Fowler, but we have our orders. And you don't take chances with a man who is under arrest. Hello, Mom. It's Jane. Mom, would you put Dad on the extension so I can talk to both of you at the same time? Oh, hi, Dad. It's Janie. Listen, Dad. Gene is out of jail thanks to you. Now we can concentrate on getting the evidence to clear him. Well, yesterday, he went to the main office in Stratton Town to ask if the hardware people would let him take on extra routes because he hasn't made a cent since all this began. Anyway, he he wanted to thank you. It meant freedom, and, and we love you very much. Yes, Dad. I'll tell him just as soon as he gets back. Goodbye, Dad. Bye, Mom. Oh, I- is that you, Jean? Jean? Oh, Jean, I-, I was just on the phone talking to the folks. Jean, wh- what is it? What? What's the matter? I got fired, Jane. Oh, no. I went into Green's office and he said, uh, I'm glad you're here, Fowler. Saves me the trouble of getting in touch with our district manager. There's been a lot about you in the newspapers. You know that. Well, what did he mean? And he said, until this thing blows over, we uh, don't want anyone to know you work for us. Well, didn't you tell him you were innocent? I mean, that it's all a mistaken identity? Yeah, he believes I'm innocent, but he said, uh, you understand I have to protect the good name of our business, and hardware is very competitive. Is this a, a, a leave of absence or what? It's the or what. They gave me a severance paycheck, but it isn't going to last very long. I better tell Sam. Well, what can he do? He's still fighting the two cases that haven't come to trial. I want him to know that I can't pay him, that it's hopeless. I feel I've come to the end of everything. Why go on fighting? In the end, I'm going to prison for somebody else's crime.
We are brought up to believe that man will go on struggling against injustice to the bitter end. But it isn't so. Not of everyone. There is strength and weakness in all of us. You can stretch a man's will just so far, and then like a rubber band pulled beyond its endurance, he just cannot bounce back. I shall return shortly with Act Three. search for truth is as old as the first lie, which probably predates Adam denying he ate the forbidden fruit. Today, science points a pretty accurate finger at the guilty. Yesterday, trials by ordeal were relied on. Suspects were forced to eat rice, carry white hot metal, were drowned, or subjected to such tests as engineered by King Solomon, who ordered half a child be given to each of two women claiming it knowing full well the real mother would rather have her infant live than die. And it is this kind of living death that hangs over Jane and Jean Fowler as our curtain rises. When he told me there was no money to pay me, I told Jean it didn't matter. Justice did. That I'd stick it out until he was cleared. Charges of robberies came in with alarming speed. A total of six. We fought every case. Four were dropped for lack of evidence, but the first two resulted in the two cashiers pointing Gene out in the lineup as the attacker, and he was bound over for trial. Gene? Uh, Gene, is that you? Hey, Jane. We got anything strong in the house to drink? Wait till you hear the good news, darling. Sam called. Two cases against you were dismissed and two withdrawn. The witnesses refused to testify. Now there are only two left. Gene! Gene, what are you doing with that chair? It's in my way. Gene! Everything's in my way. What is the matter with you? Would you look at yourself? You look like a wild man. Gene, look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I see a wild man in the mirror. And I don't wish to see him anymore. Darling. Darling, come over here with me. Sit down here with me on the sofa. I know. I know it's been hard. Oh, Lord. Lord, it's too much. When I came up the driveway, I saw that officer, Jack. He was sitting in his patrol car. Something came over me. I don't know why. All right. It's all right. It'll be over soon. Sam says it'll be all right. Now, Jane, it'll never be over. They dismiss one case and two spring up. I can't stand it anymore. I don't know what to do. You can stand it, my darling. You're very strong. I saw him sitting there in his car. I felt like killing someone. Shh, darling, shh. You know, you... You say to yourself, am I some kind of psychopath? Did I commit all those crimes and I don't know it? No, of course not. Don't even think about it. Then who does it? it? Who's doing them? Who is this this ghost, this this double I have who's out there robbing and people? It's destroying me. It's destroying you. Look, I... Look, I mean this, honey. I really don't think it's safe for you around me. I don't know what I'll do next. Don't you want me with you? I'm beginning to doubt myself. Can I control this? I'm okay now, this minute, but... What if I should attack you like that chair? Please, will you go and live with Mom and Dad? Will you please, Jane? I'll think about it. 
Now you go upstairs and take a shower, and I'll have a nice dinner on the table for just the two of us. Will you do as I asked, Jane, and move out? At least for now. You are making it so difficult for me. I love you, darling, and I want to be with you. Always. No matter what happens. I think the trial came just in time. There was only one. The second case was dismissed. No question, even Jane was beginning to have her doubts as to her husband's innocence. We worked hard. I played up the evidence of no fingerprints. The robber had worn gloves. I found a policeman who Jean had talked to the night of the 8th to get directions miles away. And David's lie detector, 100% favorable, helped a great deal. In the end, Jean Fowler was acquitted. I went on to my next case, which took me out of town for about a month. Sam! Hey, Jane, look who's here. I can't think of anyone I'd rather see, especially today. Where were you? We've been trying to call. Another case, another town. Thought I'd come over and uh, bring a little something. Today of all days, we're celebrating. Well, the trial's been over a month, and you two are still celebrating? It's our wedding anniversary. Five years ago today. Five years ago today, and it doesn't feel any more than 50. Hi, Sam. Don't mind Jane. Some uh, someday she talks funny. We haven't seen Sam in a month, and all you can say is hi. Hi, Jane. Well, if I'd known it was a special day, I'd have brought flowers. But what's in this paper bag gives us a chance to toast each other's health. Yeah, Jean, take it. Health? Physical or mental? You name it. <laughs> what do you do when you haven't got it? Hey, this, this is pretty fancy wine. Honey, look at the label. Oh, that's a sweet, sweet thought, Sam. I'll go get some glasses. And a corkscrew, honey. Sam, do you, uh, you notice a change in her? Well, relief that it's all over can be a big shock to the system. You both went through some real hell. I think we're coming apart, Sam. It's as if all those horrors of being falsely accused was what held us together. Are you saying that Jane wants to leave you? Yes, I am. All those months of screaming in the face of injustice took the heart out of it. It destroyed a kind of... a kind of innocence our marriage had. You want me to talk to her? I don't know what good it would do. I love Jane and I need her, but I... I don't think she loves me or needs me anymore. Here we are. Three glasses and one corkscrew. Okay, let me do the honors. I'll uh, I'll open and pour. Okay. And while you're at it, I think I ought to tell you both something that happened right after the trial. I thought it could wait, and I thought it should wait. What? <laughs> Not another mistaken identity. You remember uh, Judge Garvey who presided over the trial? I sure do. A great guy. Well, after the court was cleared and you two went home, he called me into his chambers. Now, I know him. I've often represented cases before him. He said to me, Strauss, that young man who was acquitted in the courtroom today, were I his attorney, I'd advise him to get some medical help. When I asked him what he meant, he wouldn't elaborate. Medical help? That's funny. All right, here we go. Three glasses. Sam, Jane, and me. Jean, dearest. Didn't you hear what Sam just told us? No, I didn't take it as Judge Garvey's personal disagreement with the verdict. It was a warning, and perhaps we ought to heed it. <laughs> well, who, who needs the psychiatric counseling, Sam? You, Jean, or me? Well, I guess this isn't the time to talk about it. But there is one thing that I must warn you about. I know the stressful times aren't over for either of you. It'll take a while. And I want you to protect yourselves. Because until they catch your double, whoever was committing all those armed robberies, whenever one occurs, 
You'll be picked up. Oh, Lord. I try to put it out of my mind. Now, look. When you are anywhere away from home, let's say you're on a trip, I want you to keep a record of every day, where you are, what time you're there, who you see. If they are strangers, do something just to make sure they remember you. Do you understand? Yeah, I sure do. I may have been acquitted this week, but next week I'm a guilty man. Not if you take precautions. But if the judge thinks I'm such a nut, what do I have to be afraid of? Next time you just plead insanity. Gene, he was telling me that to help you get over what happened, there are, there are medicines for that. Now, he didn't mean that there was anything wrong with you. Now, I'm going to leave you kids now. So drink up, keep well, and Gene, keep a record. At least until they catch up with your doppelganger. What's that? A person's ghost or double that haunts him through his life. Well, let him haunt. Let him, I say. So long now. Jane, you want to take me to the door? Jane, can you hold out a little longer? What do you mean? Well, Jane told me that you're serious about leaving him. He hadn't any right to tell you that. Who else could he tell? You can see what condition he's in. Now, if you leave him now, you pull away the only prop that he has. And I tell you, Jane, I wouldn't want to be responsible for a man's crack on it. But it isn't my fault. I-, I wanted things to be as they were, but he's changed so. Jane, be compassionate. Just hang in there a little longer. You can help Jean. Would you like your old husband back again? He'll never come back. Then at least promise me before you pack one bag that you'll call me. Can you do that? I promise, Sam. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Two weeks went by, then three, then four. And I heard nothing from either Jane or Jean. I hope he was logging every night in daylight minutes. Strange, because his double, whoever he was, had not struck since the trial. But I knew as the time got longer that the odds would get shorter. Then my phone rang. Sam Strauss speaking. It's me, Sam. Jane Fowler. Sam, we're taking a sales trip together, Gene and me, just like when we were first married. Oh, that's great. Where to? Well, luck finally came our way. Gene's old boss at Allied Hardware put him back on the road, and he and I are going to make that first sales trip together. Uh, here's Gene, Sam. He, he just wants to say hello and goodbye. Hello, Sam. Jane just told me the great news. Well, things worked out pretty good. Insurance wasn't for me, Sam. But now I think I can make enough to pay you for your invaluable services. Tell me, how are you feeling? Are you calmer? I think so. I stopped having nightmares about being arrested. I see a future. It's all pretty good. When do you leave? In about ten minutes. And when will you be back? Oh, four to six weeks. I got a lot of territory to cover. And some brand new eyes that ought to sell like hotcakes. Well, have yourself a real good time. I'll keep track at this end. And, uh... You leave a trail of witnesses wherever you go. If you locate my doppelganger, nail him, Sam, will you? I sure will. And I'll order a double scotch and, uh, and a rice pudding in every tavern we hit. People won't forget me. Jean Fowler and Jane did just that. Make sure the waitress and motel clerk saw them coming and going. Having long conversations with bartenders ordering unheard-of sandwich combinations, anything so that people wouldn't forget them. One night, they pulled up in front of a diner. It looked like every other diner they'd ever been to, only it wasn't. Anybody makes a move and he'll get one through the head just like the short-order cook. Come on, little lady. You're going for a ride. The cashier comes with me. Into the car with you. 
I'm going to get him. Gene. Gene, what are you doing? I'm going to get that guy. You saw what he did. He shot someone, a holdup. He's got that girl as a hostage in his car. Gene, don't. It's not your job. Let the police get him. Yeah? I'm still waiting for the police to give me a fair shake. Look at that guy go. But I'm right on his tail. Gene, Gene, don't be crazy. He's got a gun. What are you going to do? Ram him? And then what? You'll kill us both. Gene, stop. Stop the car. Darling, I can stop the car and let you out if that's what you want. But I'm going after that guy. I'm following him if it takes all night. Gene, we're doing 80. I've been through this. I'm not going to let some other poor jerk get blamed for what I've seen him do. Please don't. We'll all be killed. What can you hope to do? I'll tell you what I hope. That the police will see two cars doing 80 on a highway and they'll stop us both. Yeah. Somebody up there heard me. Look at that. The cop passed us and went on ahead. He's going to stop them first. I hate that sound. That siren. I used to also. Last time I heard it was when they pulled me over for speeding. There they are, up ahead. They've stopped the hold-up man. He's getting out of his car with his hands up. Oh, boy. There is some justice after all. I guess you could say miracles do happen. Although the police maintain in the long run, criminals are caught. But when I talk about miraculous happenings, it's because, incredible as it sounds, that night, Gene caught up with his doppelganger, committing another crime for which he himself would certainly have been accused. Yes, the man in the car stopped by the police for speeding was the very one who all these months had turned Gene's life upside down. Fowler has been promoted from salesman to district manager. But he and Jane still have time to make trips. However, they still both keep an accurate record of where they are and who they meet. After all, having been struck by lightning so many times, who is it to say it could never happen again? I shall return shortly. Promise exacted at the beginning of a trial to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth is not enough of a deterrent to one who wants to escape justice. Can a scientific instrument force the truth from a person bent on lying? The fact is, the lie detector is used more by a defense counsel to clear the wrongly accused. That's a great step forward. Better than trials by ordeal. The next step a foolproof system to convict the guilty. Or do we already have it? Trial by jury. Our cast included Michael Tolan, Carol Titel, Manda Kramer, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I am the master. You 
The slave. What are you going to do? No. Don't come near me. You will not go any place, you fool. What are you saying? No. Stay away from me. Take your hands from my throat, Don Luis. Don't call me Don Luis, you idiot. Linka. I am Linka, high priest of the Chipchas. I wanted to ask. Oh. Hey, Tayo, hey, Tayo, Ketwa, hey, Tayo. And this, this Hector should shut that imbecilic mouth of yours. This is Tommy Grimes inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time. Pleasant dreams. More and more Ohioans are shopping Sun for their TV appliance and audio needs. Matter of fact, Sun has customers who drive two to three hundred miles just to buy. Why? Because more and more price-conscious shoppers are finding out that Sun always has the lowest prices in town on quality TVs, appliances, audio, and video equipment. And Sun even guarantees this. Should you ever find a price lower than Sun's, just come to Sun, and they'll lower the price on the same product. It's just good common sense. Why take all the time and gas comparing prices from store to store? Come to Sun and get the quality you want at the guaranteed lowest price or money refunded. And at Sun, you'll see hundreds of famous brands, no private brands. Shop and compare RCA, Hot Point, Pioneer, Zenith, Sansui, Whirlpool, Sylvania, Kenwood, Sony, Tappan, and many, many more. You buy in confidence in Sun, knowing you're getting quality brands at the guaranteed lowest prices in town or your money is refunded. Sun, a nice place to save. The music.